Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we're doing called You Have the Words, You Have the Words of Life, we're looking at things that Jesus has said. Um, we're doing that for a couple of reasons. One, it's always good to look at what Jesus says. He's our model for life and ministry. We want to learn all that we can from Him. Um, the other idea has been sort of as a devotional tool that I'm trying to encourage you to, to take on as part of your, um, you know, your, your spiritual life. Um, that's looking at a verse of Scripture or two verses and taking time to really think about it and asking God to help you use your holy imaginations, the, the imagination He created in you, um, in a very redemptive way to just um, sort of dig into the Scripture. And so um, what I've been sharing with you is me taking a verse or two of Scripture every week and really sort of thinking about it and asking God to help me see it and, and uh, understand it and consider it. And that I think it's a very helpful... Uh, sort of a tool to add to your devotional lives, and I hope you would do that. And um, and so um, today I want to talk about Jesus saying, "Peace be with you," and what that means, and, and how important that is in our lives. So we're going to dig into that in a moment. Um, that's the intro transition. I always have a bad joke or two. I've got some bad stuff for you today. I saw a magician driving down the street the other day, and then uh, he turned into a driveway. Okay, now think about this. You can't run through a campground. You can only ran because it's past tense. I think that one they're going to get later. Because if you think about past tense, campgrounds, it's going to make sense to you later on. Perhaps not now, but later. Perhaps not, you never know. But there you go. They're out there now. Scripture reading here, though, fortunately is on purpose, and I always put it right here. John chapter 20, beginning in verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So I really want to dig into that verse, particularly 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And so... uh, I, you know, we touched on the peace of God a little bit uh, last week, but th- this is more, I want to talk about this idea of peace with God and what Jesus is saying there. And so point number one in your notes is this. What is this peace that Jesus is talking about? What is this peace? Back in John 14, verse 27, Jesus said this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled... And do not be afraid. Now, this is not the peace of good circumstances. Sometimes we we consider that that's what peace is all about. It means, uh, for some of us, we believe peace would be the the absence of conflict. And, And that's not this peace that Jesus is talking about. This is a peace that exists even in the midst of conflict, even in the midst of not-so-good circumstances. Jesus says this about it in John 16, 33, I have told you these things 
so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So this peace that he's talking about is, is his peace. And, and this peace that he's talking about makes no sense to, to the world or to the culture or to our sort of human reasoning. Philippians 4.7, Paul says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this peace, um, it, it transcends our human understanding. There's something different about this peace than, than the way that we normally think of what peace is. It, it can't be understood by human reasoning because it's not human peace. It's the peace of God. It's, it's the peace between Jesus and His Father. And what He's doing is He's sharing this peace with us. He's bringing us into His peace. And, and that's what Jesus is talking about. And so it's, a, it's an amazing verse and it's an amazing concept, this idea of, of His peace. He's... He's not saying, look, you're never going to have issues anymore because he says, in this world you'll have trouble. But he says, I'm giving you something different than what the world gives. I'm giving you my peace. I'm, I'm going to let you experience the peace I have with the Father. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you experience this real peace that will be with you regardless of circumstance. And that's the peace that Jesus is talking about and the peace that, that we need to be aware of in our lives. See, this peace, this is the second point in your notes, this peace produces joy. This peace, the peace of God, the peace with God, the peace that Jesus is inviting us into produces joy in our lives. John 20 again, those verses, I want to read them again, 19 through 21. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after this he showed them his hands inside. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Um, so, one of the things I want you to see is that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And, and think about that too. Pretty interesting. A lot of dynamic going on there. But the doors were locked and everything, and all of a sudden Jesus was in their midst. Pretty cool stuff when you think about it. He just is there with them. Doors were locked. Here comes Jesus into the room. That's a, that's a whole nother sermon, but think about that. And when they see Jesus, they're, they're filled with joy. And he tells them, I'm going to give you my peace. Peace be with you. And, and the reality is that as his disciples, because of who Jesus is, um, and, and because he's given us this peace, we should always have a measure of joy in our lives. A measure of joy. We've talked about this, not pretend joy. This settledness, this, this uh, result of, of his peace being with us. And yet a lot of people don't experience this joy in their lives. A lot of believers don't experience this measure of joy in their lives. And so I, I want to look at what we can do to help find and know and hang on to this joy that comes from being at peace with God and experiencing His peace. And, and I think that Paul does a great job of, of talking about this in Romans 8. And so we're going to use some of that to sort of help understand what this peace is and, and why we can, how we can experience it and why there should be joy produced in our lives because of it. So the first thing we need to be aware of, uh, and it's, so it's point A under number two, is that because of this peace, there is now no condemnation. There's no condemnation. I'm forgiven in, in Christ. That there's no guilt. There's no shame. We have talked about this throughout this series because it's sort of a theme that goes on 
as you study these verses and you think about them, um, um, we are seen in Christ. And so because of that, and I've, we've talked about this a lot, he, he, it's just as if we had not sinned. He sees us in the perfection of His Son, God does. It's an amazing thing. And what it does is it means there's now no condemnation. Uh, Romans 8.1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, fascinating idea. Um, and that word no that's there actually means no, none. Um, there is no condemnation. There, there is nothing that the enemy can use against us um, as a way to allow us to feel condemned because of what Jesus has done on the cross. There, there is none of that to happen uh, in, in our lives. And, and yet so many believers um, don't experience joy because they're, they're overwhelmed by guilt and shame. And part of it is the enemy likes to pile it on and if we're not aware of how this all fits together, um, we sort of open up, the, you know, unfortunately, and, and the enemy just has a field day with us. And, and um, this, this piles on and it leads to a self-condemnation where, you know, we, we, we sort of, I, I should be different, I should be better by now. And, and that just adds to the guilt and shame that they're already carrying around. So we have to understand that what Jesus did on the cross um, was enough for all of us. It was enough. Um, and, and he wants us. He, so, he, you know, think about it now. He's done with the cross. And he's telling you guys, peace be with you. He wants us all to experience his peace and a measure of joy in our lives. Not the way the world does things, but the way he does things. So there's no more guilt. There's no more shame. Um, we've all done things that we shouldn't have done. We've probably done things we wish we hadn't done. But those are covered. We, we don't need to be beat up by them any longer. And, and, you know, the reality is um, we could all get stuck in, you know, I should be different. That, that's true. But, but not to the point where it keeps us from knowing that what we do is we press in to God. So the enemy would like to take those things and, and push us in the other direction. And that's what that self-condemnation does. That's what feeling condemned does. It keeps us away from God. Um, but when we realize that he sees us in the perfection of his son, it draws us to him. And as we are drawn to him, we, we will just you know cooperate more with the Holy Spirit and and he will change us as we go so it's all part of this process but the, we have to understand there is now no condemnation and and allowing that to become a, a truth in our lives will help us to experience a measure of joy um, in, in our lives B eternal life eternal life Romans 8 Romans 8 11 and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. And so, so we can experience life, as we talked about this now, because there's no condemnation. My, my past has been forgiven. And, um, and, and also God has promised me a future with him. So, so there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no reason to worry. I can have a full and abundant life now and forever in Christ. And that reality should also help me experience a measure of joy in my life, apart from circumstance. Because, you know, He's, he's with me. He's done everything that needed to be done. He's made a way for me to have life. And, and not only the forever life, but the now life in Him. See. God works for the good of those who love Him. God works for the good of those who love Him. Romans 8, 28. 
And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So here's another amazing thing, that, that God is able to take all of the mess in our lives, um, all of the things that we've gone through, all of the things that we'll go through, all of the stuff that happens, even the things that we would rather not have happen, um, but, and God is able to take those things and somehow use it for good. And so, so you know, rather than be consumed by the what-ifs what of life uh, or to be overwhelmed by every decision that we have to make, we just have to do the best that we can with what we have for Jesus today. See, He... You know, God is so amazing that He's still able to use everything that we, we bring to Him. He's able to use it all. Uh, and, and I watch sometimes people sort of almost get paralyzed with fear about decisions they have to make because they're so afraid they're going to get it wrong. And, and I, you know, to a degree I get that we continue to pray and press in. But we, we don't need to be afraid. There should always be a measure of joy because as long as our heart's desire is this, Lord, I really want to do what you want me to do. That's what I'm shooting at here. Then, then we press on. And, and even if we've missed it, God's able to use it. That's the amazing thing about God. And not many people will allow themselves to do it. I'm not saying you rush decisions or you, you don't worry. I'm just saying, um, you know, you, you take into account everything that you can and you pray. And then you just move as you're directed. And if it's not the right movement, God will still use it. God's able to use those things. He's fascinating that way. Because um, none of us gets it right all the time. You know, to think that we would, in order to experience the life that He's called us to, we'd have to get it right at every step. None of us can live under that. I can't. Because I don't, I don't get it right at every step. I want to, but I don't. But I could get stuck if that's all I, you know, well, I shouldn't have done that. Of course you shouldn't have done that. But God's still going to work with it. And he's, He figures it out. He, God doesn't... Um, Think about this. God is so magnificent that He doesn't have to micromanage things. See, we would think, because this is how we are, because we're so finite, that in order to arrive at a specific destination, there would be just one way to get there. And so we, oh, there's just, you know, and if, what if I miss it? What if this ruins everything? But God doesn't micromanage like that. God just takes everything and works it. It's still going to get to that spot, but God can use it. He's God. And we don't limit God. Because it'll take your life away. If you start to limit God, let's see those fears and stuff are you limiting God. God's able to do what, you know, he'll, he'll just take it and make it work. Pray, ask, listen. Don't, you know, push past doors. Don't knock things down to get to where you're going. But, but you know, if your heart's desires, Lord, I really want to do what you want. That's, we started, we answered that question a long time ago and we looked at this thing. Lord, you know, you said, what do you want? Lord, I just want what you want. If that's our hearts, God will use what happens. And I think it's very freeing to sort of get to that spot. So that you don't, or else you, you sometimes you just never do anything. You're so afraid of doing anything, you know, you get stuck. And then he doesn't want you to live that. This, this whole deal's a, this is an adventure. Right? I mean, you get that. This isn't a boring, oh, wait until Jesus comes back story. This life's an This is an adventure. This is God. This is God's story that He's invited you into. This is good stuff. This is as exciting as the book of Acts. This is the day-to-day -day stuff that He's called us to. And, and so, you know, if you've you got to be out the Lord. What do you want? What, what, and, and you do the best you can. And if you get you, you know one of the amazing things about God? When you've messed up, you just go back and go, oops. 
And he goes, yeah, that was an oops. Well, come on, we'll keep going. Here we go. Hasn't is that is there a better deal anywhere? There's not. You know, you just can't. It's it's, it's so amazing. But but I, you know, I don't want you to don't limit God by your your own finite ways of looking at things. God is, doesn't have to micromanage your life. There's He can use whatever you give Him. My thought on this is always, you know, I always think about God. You know, I talked about this a lot when the 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 Garmin thing you know, would, would track a, a path for you to travel to get to a certain point. Yeah, if you have a Garmin, you know, and, or you did or whatever. I use a phone now, but boom. And if this is where you go, turn here, turn here, turn here, and you don't turn there, the world doesn't come to an end. Do you know that? It just goes, oops. <laughs> Recalculating. Here's a new way to get there. Thank you. Uh, and and, and it's, it's kind of freeing. And And so if we, you know, if you, for whatever reason, don't make the turn... There's, an, there's another turn. And, and you have to remember that. And, and so, um, so even if I do mess up, God's still able to use it. And, and this joy comes from living, doing the next right thing to the best of your ability. And He wants you to find life there. D. God is for me. This is a big deal. He's for me. Romans 8.31 What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you. I say that, uh, and, and I, I say that often. I, I don't ever want you to say, He's for you. He wants the very best for you. That's God. That's the heart of God for you. He's for you. The Scripture says it. And if He's for you, who really can be against you? And, and yet, we struggle. Um, you know, one of the fears that people struggle with all the time is sort of rejection, not being loved, not fitting in, um, being embarrassed, not being improved of, approved of. But the reality is, um, it, it, God is for you. And so not only is He with you, He's for you. He's on your side. And so you, you, you don't need to be afraid of so many of the things that the culture fears. You don't need to change to try and fit into every... You can just be you because God is for you. And there's a, there's a measure of joy to be found in that in your life. E. God meets all my needs. Well, wow, that's a huge verse. Huge verse. God meets all my needs. Romans 8.32 He who did not spare His own Son but gave Him up for us all... How will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things? He's, God meets our needs. Um, sometimes we struggle with this. Here's what happens. Um, we confuse our needs and our wants. And um, they're different. And, and, and what you've got to know is that God promises He's going to meet your needs. Um, but, but, but like I said, because we're, we, we get sort of confused by those things, what happens is, um, because our wants didn't happen, we and they're confused with our needs. What we do is we sort of start at, we stop asking for all of that in the process, and uh, we we sort of get into this different mindset. You know, because God, God promises to meet your needs. He cares about your wants, but those aren't those are those are different. Um, um, but but I think what happens is that we stop asking, and and. Um, I, I can pretty much guarantee this for everybody. God wants you to ask in prayer more than you do. I, I just would say that that would apply to most of us. Um, and, and that God wants you to pray and get answers more than you do. I believe that too. I, I, I believe it. Um, pray knowing that God answers prayer. God answers yes. God answers no. Sometimes God... It, it takes a little while, but but... but um, he answers prayer, and 
you should be praying in a way where you're expecting answers from God. And and you know, and you ask start discerning the difference between needs and wants, but but you you, you should be praying, expecting God to answer your prayers. Like I said, sometimes it's no, and sometimes that's really good. Um, it's good that sometimes the answer is no. Because sometimes we we sort of uh, figure out things in our own way of doing them that really aren't that good, and, and then it's really good when God says, yeah, no. Uh, but we don't always take it that way. But th- those are good things, so you need to know that. And then F, letter F, God will always love me. He'll always love me. Romans 8, 38 and 39. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter what, God will always love me. And and that's that's one of the most amazing truths that you can know in your life. And it will bring you joy. No matter what. No matter what, He's always going to love you. You're His child. Remember last week? Tetelestai is finished. He's done it all. He loves you. He will always love you. So, you know, my encouragement this week. Think about those things. Great little chapter. Romans 8. And what that means. You know, there's no condemnation. That means none. Eternal life is our promise, but also life now. He's, he's working for the good of those who love Him. Uh, he is for me. Uh, all the time he meets my needs and he will always love me those are some amazing promises and so kind of consider those and hang on to those this week and I think you'll be blessed and experience that measure of joy and know the peace that he says you know my peace peace be with you and then let his peace just come upon you in the process but that's good for now Um, if you're watching the video thank you so much for doing that we appreciate it if you need prayer go to the website Um, there's a place for you to put in your prayer request we'd be happy to pray for you And we hope to see you here soon.